podcast that covers the best albums and songs that music has to offer. Unrestrained by genre or any musical type, I, Curtis, will guide you through the music you ought to be listening to. As we are commenting on music, it's worth noting that all music covered on Music Talk is covered under the Fair Use Copyright Law. With that out of the way, let's get on with the show. music talk i'm your host curtis and uh this is the first time ever on music talk that i've had a guest on uh with me today is dave from the three angry nerds podcast he's also on nerds of love uh he does a bunch of the movie commentaries with us you're pretty much all over the internet dave is that correct you all know me yeah pretty much and if you don't know dave i mean that's something you need to correct honestly i mean that's kind of what um, yeah, and so uh, if you weren't, uh, you know, too aware of the song that uh, played us in, that secondhand news, the first track off of Fleetwood Mac's Rumors, uh, an album near and dear close to my heart. And it was actually kind of funny because Dave came to me and said, hey, you know, I noticed you've been doing music talk by yourself. Would you ever be open to someone coming on? I said, yeah, yeah, by all means, I'd love to have some people on. What are you thinking of doing? And he goes, Rumors. I was thinking that's so funny because I was actually thinking of doing Rumors a couple weeks back, but I ended up shelving it, I think, for a Best Coast album there. So it was like, oh, that's perfect because actually I really want to do Rumors as well. Um, Dave, I don't know about you, but I feel like this is just like one of one of the better albums I can think of that I just go back to every time. What do you think? I, was, I used to be of the mind that the Stranger by Billy Joel. It's got like scenes from an Italian restaurant, Vienna, She's Always a Woman. It's got all those type songs. And I was like, this is the best album ever made. And then uh, one day I was just like watching actually on HBO, the Bill Simmons show. It's like any given Wednesday was what it was called. And he had a poster in the background and it was the Rumors album cover with the entire lyrics to go your own way. And I was like, oh, that's a weird poster for a sports talk show to have. And <laughs> I like listened to the song and I heard it before but I like never really paid attention and I listened to it I was like this is great and then I just went through the whole thing I was like this is the best album ever made there's not really a close second you could say The Stranger but Rumors is just the perfect mix of like everything that is good about music yeah and I think it's like one of those like consistently great albums where like you know, a lot of albums will have, like, a few tracks that really stand out. I mean, that's kind of why you have singles, right? Singles are sort of, like, handpicked a few songs off the album that are the most popular songs. But, like, really, like, almost any track off this album is single-worthy. And that's not that's not something any album could accomplish. But I feel Rumors just pulls it off so well. But, yeah, the first track, Secondhand News. Uh, it's kind of funny because, like, obviously this album was sort of produced in a tumultuous time for the band. Uh, there was a bunch of drama, there was a lot a lot of infighting, there was breakups, there was just a whole bunch of madness. I mean, really, this album really shouldn't have come out. I mean, for all the hardship that these people are going through, I'm kind of surprised that it even did come out. Uh, but Secondhand News is sort of like uh, the lyrics of it, at least to me, my interpretation of it was always that it's the uh, somebody getting secondhand news of a breakup. 
uh, sort of somebody breaking up with this person, you know, and they find out through someone else, friend of a friend or something like that. So, and I think that kind of like plays into the other themes of the album, which is that, yeah, you know, sometimes uh, life gets a little, little nasty. Sometimes things aren't always sunshine and lollipops. Would you agree with that assessment, Dave? Oh, yes. That's, I think that's exactly what this song is is going for because, like, you know, it's written by Buckingham. It's like it's really like one of Buckingham's uh, one of his songs on this album. That's like one of his forays into the obviously the anger that is behind this album, and it's so well documented that you don't know, like like so many like people already know so much about it, but like yeah, I know that a big thing about uh, Stevie Nicks is that she hates singing. A certain lyric in "Go Your Own Way," which we can get to when it, that comes on. But in secondhand news, she just hates all the lyrics. She just, it just angers her. She just she just can't fucking stand it. Yeah. And when they whenever they play it, she just becomes angry. But she does it for the good. Like the shocking thing is that this band is like t- today they're still like working together. They're gonna tour next year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Because of songs like this, that just amazes me. Yeah, it's kind of funny because this is like obviously a very dramatic time for them in their lives, but also it's like the most popular album of theirs. So it's like, that's kind of sucks. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they're tied to this forever. Yeah, you know, it's like they probably just imagine like, well, we'll pour our hearts out, make this album. No one's going to care or listen. And then it's like people actually do care. And now they're like, oh, what do we do now? Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll move on to the next track here, which is going to be Dreams. And we're going to play that and we'll come back in a sec and talk about that. from dreams uh i this is another great track and i think i'm gonna stop saying like this is a great track because again i just think all the tracks on here are great tracks they're uh, all phenomenal yeah I, I get into that habit of doing the show where i'm just like that's a great track i like that track uh <laughs> and most times it's because there's tracks i just maybe aren't as fond of but in this album they're all great tracks so i'm gonna stop saying it as bad of a habit of it uh, uh, as it is uh, so yeah, secondhand news, or not secondhand news, sorry, dreams. Uh, the second uh, track off the album, what do you think, Dave? This one, I always consider dreams, and not to keep touching on Go Your Own Way, it's like this monster looming in the distance, but yeah. I always, they're entangled in my mind because of the, the uh, anger between Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham, among other angered people in the band during this album, but Go, they each like it seems to me like they each wrote a song that was about their feelings towards the breakup yeah that they had and go your own way is buckingham's response to it and it's this like just like get get out of here i don't want to see you again you're the worst and then dreams is just like this optimistic sort of like like we can still make it uh, you're part of me you're part of my past and, and you're always going to be important to me and it's just like the completely different opinions on how this breakup went and i just love that that juxtaposition against each other yeah see i've always i don't know i just kind of taken a different approach to it i always thought it was sort of like 
go your uh, go your own way as if it was like Stevie Nicks is kind of saying that about Lindsey Buckingham saying like hey you know you do your own thing you know go go live your life don't let me hold you back kind of deal I don't know that's sort of like my been my interpretation of it but um, I, either way it's definitely about their, their breakup which is kind of funny because I think like almost like 90% of this album is about this one breakup so thematically there's probably not going to be much difference well that's the great thing too it's like it could be like so many because the whole album is basically about that so there's so many different interpretations that you can go with because yeah. they're doing so many different interpretations of themselves yeah that's funny too because like, you do have both of them having this perspective on the breakup i imagine the other bad members are just like awkward we're just cut in the middle uh but yeah no this is such a great track i when i was uh back in my uh college university years uh you know, I'd have friends who would do like potluck dinners every weekend and, and we, whatever we go over, you know, they were kind of like a little more hippie-ish and uh, they would always play uh, this album. And I just remember like just so many fond memories of just like drinking wine, having food and just listening to rumors. And I, out of all the tracks on the album that like I remember, uh, you know, whenever we'd hang out, like dreams just always sticks in my mind of just sort of that like almost kind of like cathartic kind of feeling i guess so i don't know it's like one of, one of the tracks on the albums that always just kind of sticks in my mind i know some people will have like tracks that kind of like just pop up to them a little bit more being like a little more uh indicative of the album itself but i always kind of go back to dreams at least um yeah uh, anything else Dave, before we move on to never going back i will say like just as an album as a whole like you can you have these like great songs like Go Your Own Way, which is a Buckingham joint, obviously. Mm -hmm. You have Don't Stop, and, like, there's not a whole lot of Stevie Nicks in Don't Stop, and these, like, iconic songs that everyone knows. And then, like, the fact that they can just, like, they have all this going for them already, and it's already, like, without Stevie Nicks, they're still, like, one of the all-time great bands. And then just throwing Stevie Nicks in there is just, like, amazing, like, oh, it's just, like, amazing one-two punch. Yeah. No, exactly. And, you know, she even has her own, like, solo career that's just, like, amazing, too, so... Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. All right, let's uh, get on to Never Going Back. So we're going to listen to that and come back and we'll chat about it. She wrote down and let me in. Welcome back. We're going to talk about Never Going Back, uh, the third track off the album. What do you think about this track, Dave? This one is like, I know it's like an easy thing to say, like, you know, the hits and they're the hits for a reason. And then like the songs that aren't as popular, they're like, oh, there must be a reason they're not popular. But this one is like never like between this one and I think it was like, uh, uh, oh, daddy. Mm-hmm. they're not like they don't click for me as much as the rest of the album does but like there's like if without them it still would be like i'd be like no you need this because the album needs to be this complete realization and you need those two songs to be part of that but i just never like when i re-listen to it like i like i don't skip it but i think about skipping it and like it's and obviously like any other band it's like it would be one of their best songs but this one is just doesn't click with me it doesn't feel like it's as part of the album as the other songs are you know what i mean 
No, totally. And, like, I I believe that, like, there is such a thing as having sort of, like, these interconnected songs. Like, one track almost be, like, a sequel to another track. Like, uh, this one, I feel, is, like, never going back is sort of like a sequel to Dreams, in a sense, if that makes sense. Because it's, like, Dreams is about, like, in my eyes, Stevie Nicks wanting Lindsey Buckingham to move on to somebody else. And then I think I've always thought of never going back as being sort of Lindsey Buckingham moving on past Stevie Nicks. He's okay. He's sort of moving on with his life and trying to find love again. So it's sort of like him moving on. So I've kind of always thought of the two as being interconnected. Uh, but it's always just kind of like, I don't know, if you take the track on its own and just listen to it, it doesn't quite make sense. That's why I'm like such a proponent of people like listening to albums as a whole. Like don't, don't shuffle, don't playlist, just listen to the album as a whole because when you listen to albums out of order, you kind of lose the context for a lot of songs. And that's something that I think is sort of a lot of people do. And, you know, even I'm kind of guilty of being like, oh, I'm going to make a playlist of my favorite songs of the summer or something. But, you know, with some of those tracks, I kind of lose the context of, you know, what they were supposed to be juxtaposed against. And so I kind of feel like uh, never going back. I can see why it's like not a lot of people's favorite songs, yours included. Uh, I, I It's not my favorite either but i think i sort of put a little more weight on it once i realized okay it's supposed to sort of be like the follow-up to dreams i guess in a sense that's an interesting that's a, like i like that way of looking at it because like that way you can like you need it to like enhance dreams in a way and yeah. don't give it like, it's a very like pretty it's a very it's a very great beautiful song but i just don't think of the album as a beautiful pretty album mm-hmm. no, totally and i i feel like songs nowadays just don't do that as often you don't have tracks that are sort of interconnected to each other because they realize that people playlist and people yeah. shuffle and stuff so it's sort of like an art that has kind of lost itself in the last like decade or so but i feel like it's so important to think about that like you know because you have to think when uh, artists put tracks in place they don't do it randomly they don't do it just because they're like oh yeah i think this is one this is two this is three etc like they do have a reason for it it's an artistic choice so i think you know if you ever are kind of like if there's an album you like and maybe you haven't done this yet just listen to it from start to front or start to end just in in order because you'll sort of you might appreciate some songs a little bit more so i don't know food for thought at least um Let's move on to the next track here, Don't Stop. Welcome back. Uh, that's Don't Stop. 
one of my, uh, it's kind of one of the more energetic tracks off the album. Uh, I think after Dreams and Never Going Back, it's kind of nice to have a, one with a bit more energy in it. Um, I, I've kind of always thought of the song as sort of being a little bit more positive. Uh, I think there's a lot of, you know, obviously the album's about a breakup for the most part, but I think there's a lot of positivity there. Uh, I think that this track sort of indicates that. Uh, sort of like, you know, optimism, you know, moving on, the idea of don't stop, just keep on moving with your life, don't let you, this cynicism, this negativity of life bring you down. I kind of, I always like that. Uh, it's such a great track to listen to if you're ever feeling like down on your day or something like that. Uh, but that's my thoughts on the track. What do you think, Dave? I think you don't stop listening to this podcast, first of all. <laughs> oh, yes. That's a great plug for this podcast. Don't stop listening to any of our Three Angry Dirt podcasts, really. Yeah, if you if you are going through something as tumultuous as the Buckingham's, Nix's, Fleetwood's, and McVee's were during this album, you should listen to Nerds in Love and get some advice. Yes. And you, uh, you probably should. It would probably do some good. It would probably be very, very beneficial for you, mm-hmm. even though you wouldn't end up creating your own magnum opus. <laughs> well, you never know, I guess, right? They might just hear us answering. They're like, "Hmm, you know what? I'm gonna start jamming on this guitar." Next thing you know, a bona fide uh, number one hit. <laughs> yeah, suddenly you have your own "Don't Stop." Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how Lord wrote her latest album. She just listened to Nerds in Love, and that was it. If Lord. If Lord's album was a was a creation that came from Nerds in Love, then I would say everyone should be listening to Nerds in Love because that album is great. Yeah, I actually do want to do like one for that new Lord album, but that that's neither here nor there. Yeah, but. because Lord called this album a perfect album, and it's one of the main reasons for that is because of Don't Stop, which is like the queen mother of optimistic songs, unless you're a Unless you really, really hate Bill Clinton, and then it's probably not one of your favorite songs. But don't stop in an album that is rife with Buckingham v. Nicks. This is the the Christine McVie jam, and I know a lot of people. Uh, I know a few people who uh, who hate on McVie, and that's fine if that's what your mo is with Fleetwood Mac. But without McVie, there'd be no Don't Stop, and there because she's vibing with it. And this is the her breakup with John McVie. So you got two simultaneous breakups going on, and she finally gets a chance to, you know, get into this. And she, like her point of view is just complete optimism, and just like the sun is shining, and tomorrow is coming. And she is she is not at all in the headspace that Lindsey Buckingham is in with this song. Just you know, the, she got the duet with Buckingham going on, and there's just like. Like Fleetwood on the drums is just happy as a happy as a clam in in this in on the back in the water, not on the shore. Yeah. And this is just one of the one of the all time jams from Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Well it's like yeah, you touched on Clinton. He used this in his like ninety two presidential campaign and all this other stuff. I yeah. just remember people just being like, Oh, this guy's playing a song off rumors, he is so cool. <laughs> um and I'm sure that Wake was up the next. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's not manufactured at all. Um, but I just remember people just being like, wow, he's using a song off rumors, you know? Like, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, Bush or whatever was like, you know, probably playing something from like the 40s or 50s or something. So, um, yeah, it, yeah, you know, it's like, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people sort of associate that song with, uh, or the song with that. Um, but yeah, it's sort of that. Yeah, it's very optimistic, very much like, don't let things get you down. Uh, maybe we should start, you know, playing the song every time Trump says something. It's like, just don't <laughs> stop, man. Eventually Trump's going to be out. A matter of time, hopefully. God uh, willing. Yeah. Won't take up too long, I don't think. Um, uh, let's move on to the next track, Go Your Own Way. But we will not be going our own way. We'll be coming back in just a second. Oh,
Obviously, I've been alluding to this song leading up to this, like the whole way through this podcast so far, mm-hmm. and I want to mention up mention that uh that line I mentioned earlier that that Stevie Nicks hates singing, and like you can watch even in some live performances when she has to sing it, she's just not in a good place. But the line is, "Tell me why everything turned around, packing up, shacking up is all you want to do," because she felt that was very defam that defamed her. And she was not, she's like, that's not at all accurate. But obviously this is Buckingham's account of the breakup. Not, and she did not write the song he did. And that's, uh, so that's what she was not, she wasn't really digging that, uh, basically telling the world that, like, you know, Stevie Nicks is a, is a whore, which is obviously like, I don't think anyone would appreciate that, but it also created one of the all-time great rock songs. You got like, there's like two guitar solos going on. There's and they they just sound like they're like perfectly like woven together and it's like you can just feel like how I think it was said that the song started with just like Lindsay just like screaming and like not even like nothing was musical about what he was doing at all and then eventually it just became this like where you can see like oh this this was once a very primal song yeah I think it's just hilarious too how like uh the track orders like secondhand news kind of like not that positive i feel like dreams never going back don't stop are relatively positive and then you just go to go your own way it just all comes to a screeching halt everything's just like fucking depression and anger and resentment and it's like mm, interesting <laughs> things go from positivity to like oh no we just nothing things are not going well like you know, there's so many stories as to like, you know, what was going on with their breakup. Apparently, uh, Lindsay wanted to like marry Stevie and she was just not ready to settle down and have kids and all this other stuff. And it's just like, yeah, it just became this bitter mess and a feud. And I, you know, um, this is, this is really just like, it's really simply like a breakup song. It's very much, and you kind of touched on this, like Stevie doesn't like performing the song in public because yeah, I mean, this is a breakup song and you know, I kind of like always understand when like bands are like, I don't want to play this album anymore or track anymore. Cause it's like, you know, they're past that point in their lives. They've moved on or whatever else. But it's always just kind of funny when it's like one of your more popular songs and people are like, play, go your own way. And they're like, uh, yeah. It's just kind of funny how that works out because, like, obviously a lot of artists channel their own inner turmoil when they're writing songs. But then, you know, when you want to move on with your life, people are just like, yeah, you know how you've been moving on? Yeah, please don't. We want to, we want you to sing this tra- uh, out track for us. It must be so aggravating. Like, you know, you, you probably just want to move past that point in your life and people just keep bringing it up. So kind of you know it sucks to be them i guess but i mean hey when you're making millions of dollars and maybe you can suck it up and play the song a few times you know i feel like it's not the end of the world no it's i would do a lot worse for a million dollars yeah exactly right okay uh let's move on to the next track which is gonna be songbird Yeah. 
All right, welcome back. And uh, that's Songbird. What did you think of the song, Dave? I love Songbird because I know I've, I've already mentioned this about people not liking McVie, but I think she's essential to the band. Yeah. And I think Songbird is Songbird is truly just beautiful, and it's like it's so special. And I know I met, like I harped on like the disconnect with some songs, but I feel like this one is very like spiritually connected to the album because it. Like as even though it's completely a McVie joint, it is very much speaking to this whole like era as a whole, and it just feels like it was like nostalgic from the minute they recorded it, and I just I I love it. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's interesting too because obviously like the focal point of this album is this massive breakup and inner turmoil that this band faced, uh, but then you get the Songbird, and it's just more of like a very traditional love song. And it so, totally seems out of place because if you go really off of the other tracks on the album, it almost seems like that nobody would be in a place for a love song. You know, like it just seems so out of place considering the themes of the rest of the album. But I get it. You know, uh, you sort of need to have a track like that where it's sort of like traditional love song. Uh, I think if they just had tracks on this album that were pure anger and resentment the entire time that would probably not jive too well i mean the reason that this album is so popular is because there are tracks on here like don't stop and songbird which you know are kind of a little bit more positive tracks right um yeah songbird yeah. is just kind of like i don't know i always kind of think of it as like the ugly duckling of the track of the album because it's like it's not to say it's like a bad track but it's just like it seems to not jive with the rest of the uh, album, but Santa too, it's still a really great track, and you're right, like McVie kind of, you know, does a really good job. But I think, you know, uh, McVie and Stevie just sort of like came together and wrote the song, and it's sort of independent. It doesn't really focus too much on like the anger and resentment you see in the rest of the album. It's just sort of like here's a really simple love song, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like Rumors is a very angry album, mm -hmm. but Fleetwood Mac is not an angry band, and no. without this song, I think McVie. Like without the song and without McVie, that the album would have really not had that, like the identity that even though it was an angry album, it was still very pure, mm -hmm. and this was very like it was crucial and you needed to have it, especially at the end of side one. It's just it was like it's just perfect placement, perfect inclusion. Yeah. Okay, uh, we're gonna move on to the next track here, which is gonna be the chain.
Welcome Back, and that's The Chain. Uh, I think it's one of my favorite tracks off the album. I mean, it must be a great track. Uh, James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, decided to put it in the second film. So, I mean, it must be a great track if he put it in, right, Dave? The Chain, I believe, is the greatest Fleetwood Mac composition of all time. And I'm not just saying that because it was included in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which is one of my favorite movies, but mm-hmm. it certainly doesn't hurt the case of the song. But also, it's like if you were like a seven-year-old boy watching the movie, you'd be like, holy shit, I've never felt more adrenaline than when The Chain came on. Yeah. What is this song? And then I think it's because, you know, a lot of the songs on this album were written in private by the people and they had no idea that they were all writing about each other at first and that's one of the great facts about one of the great trivia facts about this album but then the chain is the only song in the history of Fleetwood Mac that was written by Buckingham Knicks both McVees and even the drummer Mick Fleetwood and it's because this is like one time I was driving around with my best friend and she had just gone through a breakup and she was like can you play a sad song and I was like Mm, I could play some sad songs, but I think I know the best breakup song to play if you just want to just like just fucking like be okay, better, just feel better about it right now. So I play the chain, and she's like, "This is kind of angry." I'm like, "I know it's it is," and like the the drum just constantly like pounding in the back, and like that it's the backbone of the track, and you have this chorus of just like this vitriol, and it's then you have like the coda that's just like fucking amazing on another level, and it, then you find out it wasn't even part of the song at first. And it's just like everything about Fleetwood Mac that is so, so great and what makes them so, so just like if you listen to them, their new songs, like I know uh, Buckingham and McVie have a new song and you're like, man, this doesn't feel like the Fleetwood Mac I know. It's because the chain is so on another level from even most other songs ever composed that nothing will ever compare to it. And you get disappointed, even though you can't be disappointed because what they do is amazing and the chain is just godly. It is. It's one of my favorite tracks of all time and i think what makes it so great is that you have to realize that like when they came in to record this track like it took like literally like godly amounts of efforts to get everyone in the same room together just to record this because at this point they all hated each other like they were done they didn't want to record this track uh they were all pretty much just pretty much like ready to murder each other i feel and they came together and recorded this track and i think it just works because like you can tell that like this track just almost didn't happen like they they barely got it and got it together to like record this and you know obviously it's like not cool to be like oh that's what makes a great uh album in this case or a great track but like it does sort of make it feel so much more important that like yeah they did come together and it did suck for them and you know obviously they didn't want to be there but like it did create this like beautiful track and you're right like it's it's sort of a little bit of aggression it's a little bit of melody and harmony and it just it all just works uh it's got like everything going for it i feel um yeah and again it's pretty much about a breakup <laughs> spoilers but like almost every uh rumors track is about a breakup in one way or another so apparently that's all you need yeah, that's all you need, you know, like, whenever I do music talk, like, people have actually emailed saying, like, oh, I like that you point out the themes of this track, you know, and all the different themes, because sometimes people get a little bit confused, but I feel like with rumors, it's hard to get confused what they're singing about, like, it just makes so much sense. It's kind of like they wear their heart on the sleeve, so to speak, so. Definitely. Okay, so we're going to move on to the next track, You Make Loving Fun.
Okay, welcome back. That's You Make Loving Fun. Uh, what do you think, Dave, of that track? This one is another one of my, like, low-key, like, underrated type favorites. Mm -hmm. uh, I know it's not to keep, like, I don't want to seem like it's a circle jerk for Christine McVie, but I think this is completely, like, one of her, like, it wouldn't be the same without her, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's great, you got the, the drum intro at first, and, 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 like, I think it's one of those songs, like, the drum is great. I just love the way that starts in like it's, it's the typical like one two three four type the four four measure and it's like but it's like I don't know it feels like Mick Fleetwood is just like he's like the underrated part of this whole album is that he's just like he's keeping everything together especially with the chain like it's just all of this is based on his beats and it just he really sets the tone for the album but it's one of those songs that you know like I think a lot of people know it but they don't know like the name of it and they might not even know that it's Fleetwood Mac and mm -hmm. when you hear it it's, it's very recognizable and you would probably know it even if like you haven't heard much of their stuff you've probably heard it on the radio even just like on an average day yeah and it's one of my favorites just because like it's just got like good vibes to it and even though it's like obviously it came out of the like we said like this is a another, another uh type of song that goes with like this like nasty dirty gritty type feeling to the album but yeah, this one, yeah. Does, this, one does, this one doesn't really miss a beat for me at all. No, no, not at all. Uh, I always kind of like it's it's was always such like I don't know like kind of like a, a sexy song to me. Like it's just got such sexual energy. Um, I even remember too like um, like there was a girl that I was dating when I was like nineteen or something like that, and like I remember she was like really into Fleetwood Mac. Like the, her favorite band of all time was Fleetwood Mac, and so it's like. I was like, it was our third date, so I was like, that's it, I'm going to seal the deal. So I had this epic plan, which included getting, well, I wanted to get roses and like take the rose petals and put it all over the bed. But of course, 19 year old, I didn't have the money for that. So what I do, I get cheap plastic roses and just rip off the plastic petals and put that <laughs> on the bed. Poor idea. Uh, and then the thing was, she likes Fleetwood Mac. And uh, I kind of actually, I listened to Rumors. It's the first time I ever listened to it. And I like singularly focused on You Make Loving Fun. And I was like, yeah, this would be a great track to play. So here I have these like plastic rose petals on the bed and I'm playing You Make Loving Fun. And I just bring her into the room and she's just like, I think she was like mildly impressed, but also kind of like cool. But what's with the plastic rose petals? <laughs> um, so this I don't know. Fair. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I feel like that was like, that's like how I remember the album or this track is always just like that song playing when I have the plastic rose petals on the bed. She's <laughs> just like, cool. Well, at least you got Fleetwood back, right? I'm like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's just a really kind of like simple, simple song, sexy song. You gotta have sexy songs every now and then. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Anything else you, you want to say about this track, Dave? Well, uh, I know I just mentioned, like, it's a breakup song, so she might have been like, whoa, what oh. are you trying to tell me here? And, uh, <laughs> but I think it's also cool, like, how it's one of the singles off of this album, but it's also, like, one of, I think it's the last single they did for it. I think and so, yeah. It was, like, they did four, I believe, I think, Go Your Own Way, Dreams, Don't Stop, and then this one. And the fact that it was, like, also a very popular song, it's, like, it just shows like every one of these singles was money and not every, like people release singles and they like, they will sometimes not even crack the top 100, but I think all of them crack the top 10 and just, it, it's just a good little fact to speak to the greatness of the album. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, yeah. So I think it's just, it's a nice track. I can see why it's like the last single too. Like it doesn't have like the impact of the other tracks, but it's still a great track. All right, so with that, let's uh, move on to the next track. I don't want to know, but here's the thing. You do want to know what we think about yeah. this track.
Alright, so that's the track. I don't want to know. But here's the thing, Dave. I want to know what you think of this track. Oh, I want to know this, too. <laughs> so, this is one of my top ten Fleetwood Mac songs. Mm. And it, it was a bit disheartening for me like when I found out, however long ago, that Stevie Nicks does not feel similarly about it. She, uh, I, like, I love it because not only is it just like catchy, it's like a really... It's a fun song, and it's uh, it's like shorter, and it kind of changes up the vibe a little bit on side two. But it's also really good for the to be like the middle between this uh, the like this weird little aura that we were getting from Chain and Make Loving Fun into the going of the slow songs with Oh Daddy and Gold Dust Woman after it. Mm-hmm. So you have this little like short little catchy song, and it's, it was not even supposed to be part of the album. They put it in so they could fill it fill up the album and Stevie Nicks like I love it because of it's the Nicks Buckingham combination yeah but yeah. when she uh they just they put it so it could like it could fit in and they could like extend the album a little bit and it was like and she said that it's like it broke her heart to include this song over another one that she was super into mm-hmm. and I, I was like oh I like that song come on Stevie Nicks you can you gotta support it a little bit more <laughs> yeah guys it's like this idea like artists just want to move past their own personal lives sometimes and just we won't let them we're like sorry <laughs> this track's too entertaining please play it no again. This, this matters to me yeah um yeah i feel like it's uh it's a song sort of about like the confusion after a breakup like maybe you break up with someone neither person knows why you broke up you just know that you did uh and i think like the the title track of the track is i don't want to know and i think it's just kind of like you're at that point you don't know why you broke up but you have and maybe you're just like you know what i don't want to know i don't want to know why we broke up all i need to know is we have and i want to move on with my life so like it's kind of weird because it's like i guess it's kind of a positive message i mean you can kind of i guess interpret it as that um but yeah i think it's still a great track it's one of my favorites as well because it's just like it always just puts a smile on my face like even if it's like I kind of feel confused about the song's message. Like, is it a positive song? Is it a not positive song? I still find it enjoyable. So, because definitely, like, it's got that vibe to it where it's like obviously like the rest of the album. It seems like it could be definitely in tune with those, but then it also has this identity as like this upbeat, like fun party type. Like, this is a song that people can just like really like feel together about with other people about. And like, there's even an SNL sketch with Vanessa Bayer and Paul Rudd where they're getting a divorce. So it kind of fits that, that theme of it. And th- as they're getting a divorce, the song comes on the radio and they're like, Oh, this is our song. And they all do they start dancing to it. And then it ends and they get back to being angry at each other. Yeah. And the song keeps coming back on the radio and it's, it just, it's taking on, it's taken on sort of like a new identity as like, like the SNL sketch helped it, but also just like the general feeling of the song where it has like, like a lot of upbeatness to it where it's like, okay, this might be, more of a unifying song than we thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely a lot of uh, positivity and sort of unification there, even if it is kind of like muddled a little bit, a little confusing, but it's there. So Definitely. All right, let's move on to the second to last track, Oh Daddy.
from you, baby, if I try. Okay, welcome back to Oh Daddy. Um, yeah, what do you think of this track, Dave? In an album about the McVees breaking up and the Buckingham and Nick's faction breaking up, this one I've always known because of like just reading interviews with Christine McVee that it's about Nick Fleetwood, the drummer, and he didn't really have too much drama going on during the creation of his album, and he was also, at the time, they, I think she said that he was the only one in the band who was, who had children, so he's he's the daddy. And it, like I said, it's it's a little bit uh, disconnected from me with the rest of the album, but I still like it. And because you know it's an ode to Mick Fleetwood, Mick Fleetwood, what what's not to like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think that's kind of it, right? Like he was sort of just trying to produce an album or get an album out there right and you sort of have to respect that right like even in podcasting world you know you always hear like wanting to get a podcast out there and maybe there's you know co-host drama or whatever else and it's less like you kind of feel for them right like um yeah i don't know like i i guess like that's always been my take on it uh sort of like yeah it's just somebody just trying to be professional get the job done but there's just this turmoil around them that you know kind of keeps them from doing that so uh, it's kind of like a simple track in that regard and i guess i'm not like i don't i don't think it's like one of my favorite tracks uh by fleetwood mac or like yeah. one of their favorites as a whole but it's still okay so. definitely like it's, it's like it's obviously like one of i think i put it in like the lower tier if there can be such a thing with rumors but mm-hmm. it's also like like it just like you know it's got like an airy sort of like you can just like kind of zone out to it and you know you need those type of songs on the albums too yeah exactly okay let's move on to the last track off the album gold dust woman
All right, welcome back, and that's the last track from Rumors. Uh, they didn't, you know, it's a, uh, you know, not a case of diminishing quality. This is still a great track. Um, I've always sort of thought about it as like being about Stevie Nicks, sort of like, you know, the, her trying to be strong and all this, but also just feeling kind of like she's spiraling and feeling lost and being damaged, all this other stuff. But what do you think? I think like a lot of people would probably first go to like something like Dreams or even Rhiannon or uh, which is not part of the album obviously, but or even uh, what's that? Uh, that's the what am I trying to say here? The White Wing Dove song, uh, Edge of Seventeen. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And they might go to that as like the go-to Stevie Nicks song, but I always go to Gold Dust Woman, and I think because it's the name of her upcoming uh, uh, memoir, I was like, oh, maybe she goes to that too, and it's like. I think Gold Dust Woman is like a complete, a fully realized. Like it's a little bizarre too, but it's like so. It's so so Stevie Nicks. It's from start to finish. It is just her. Like it's it's hardly even a Fleetwood Mac song, and this is a Stevie Nicks song through and through, which is an interesting thing to end the album on. But also like, like it's just so phenomenal. Like you can't even go wrong with it. And uh, I just I love how like she just didn't like she didn't try to edit herself she just made what she wanted to make and like even though the band was like they all fucking hated each other at the time it was like they just went with it because Mm -hmm. i think they knew how to value like the artistic elements of this yeah and you know i think for laying everything out on this record it's such a personal record for everybody i mean uh it it really just makes sense i think for stevie Nicks to want to put in a track where it's really just about her and how she's coming out of this uh it's a great track to sort of end the album on because for everything that's been going on it's sort of linked between the two of them and you sort of leave it with stevie being like this is me this is what's going on uh this is sort of of ah we're back technical difficulties gotta love podcasting uh you know maybe like you know Fleetwood back i'm sure they had some issues when they were recording their album yeah there's definitely been some problems yeah um yeah. we're just like them yeah i mean we we get along we're, we're not in the middle of a breakup thank goodness i am currently breaking up with carlos <laughs> okay i'll try not to you know put that too much in. i'll edit that out actually no spoilers um yeah, no, I, I just, I like that they end the track on it being about Stevie, where she's at, what she's feeling. It just makes sense, I guess. Uh, I also just think it's what makes Stevie so endearing. Uh, I mean, you don't really think too much about the other members of the band. It's really Stevie Nicks that sort of became the most popular one. And I think, I think like tracks like Gold Dust Woman went a, good, a long way towards sort of making her the popular member of the band so yeah the breakout sort of yeah not to say like you know the creative merits of the other members are to be you know uh of lesser value or anything but i guess it's just that's how it is right where you know she just elevated them. yeah somebody's just gonna kind of break out and be the star and i guess you know yeah you can do a lot worse than stevie nicks that's for sure <laughs> that's that's like she's one of probably the one of the all-time great front people of the of a band yeah so uh anything else before we wrap this up dave rumors is the best that's all i have to say i know i gushed about it but it's so wonderful yeah it's very simple thematically but i think it's all about having great harmonies and great tunes and uh yeah i mean there's there's really not a bad track on this album there's some that are maybe not as popular as others or not as uh you know really uh analyze this much but they're still great songs i mean there's nothing really that's a sore spot on the album so i I don't know i have nothing else to really say i I agree it's just like if you can gush about this album all day long because it's just great so uh if you like this podcast please rate and subscribe i noticed on three anchor nerds we got a bunch of new subscribers there's not too many reviews for uh this podcast so maybe you could give us some reviews on itunes or google play it's always appreciated if you could let us know what you think 
Uh, also, as well, check us out on social media, Three Angry Nerds on Twitter and Facebook. Music Talk also has its own Twitter feed, Music Talk Pod on Twitter. There's no Facebook, because I'll be honest, I don't know too many people who use Facebook these days. It's all Twitter, man. Twitter. Yeah. Um, check out our other show, Three Angry Nerds. Dave and I are on that, as well as Carlos. Uh, I don't talk about out. Carlos. Yeah. Carlos is really... He's the drummer of, of our band, really. Carlos like, is our Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, he's our Mick Fleetwood, really. Um, There's also Culture Court, uh, the podcast where we take a person, movie, TV show, something or other, to court, uh, see who can defend it, see who can challenge it, who comes out on top. You'll have to tune in to find out. There's Three Angry Gamers, our video game podcast. We have our movie commentaries. There's a lot of content if you enjoy uh, the stuff that uh, Dave and I do. So check us out. I think that's it. Uh, I think the next episode we're gonna I'm gonna do like a best of 2017 so far. So it's not gonna be a specific album, but rather a bunch of albums that you should be ch- uh, checking out this year. So we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Bye for now. Rumors.